every entrepreneur has a story. Welcome to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, where each episode, your host, Brian Carney, will share a drink with a successful business owner and have them discuss their unique journey, gaining insight on what it takes to be an entrepreneur and different ways to get there. Brian isn't just a beer nerd, he's also the co-founder of River's Edge Advisors, a financial planning firm headquartered in Delaware, specializing in working with business owners. It's time to pour yourself a drink and enjoy a happy half hour with an entrepreneur. Hey everyone, welcome to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Brian Carney. My guest today is Ariane Mizimer, cancer survivor, speaker, American Ninja Warrior contestant, ballroom dance competitor, doctor of physical therapy, a registered dietitian, and the CEO and founder of the Movement Paradigm. Ariane, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Brian. It's an honor to be here. I'm excited to talk to you. So now we have to start out. We obviously we normally start out with a drink, but you are in a place of fitness, nutrition, and health. So you'll yes. be drinking water, which is I'll be drinking water. <laughs> so I'm actually going to be trying out a non-alcoholic beer from Athletic Brewing. It's they make these non-alcoholic beers, which are actually pretty tasty. So I'm going to try one that's uh, called the All Out Extra Dark. I'll give it a review at the end, but. Okay. Um, so cheers. That's a, good, that's a good comparison to water. <laughs> right, exactly. Very similar. Very similar. All right. Well, your background and your backstory is pretty incredible. So, but before we jump into that, tell me a little bit about your business and, and how you got started and, and, that, and that part of it. Sure, sure. So my business is called The Movement Paradigm. So it is an integrative health center. So I have other practitioners that specialize in, in health-related fields. My business particularly focuses on physical therapy, nutrition, and movement. And we do that through uh, a three-pillar approach, approach, which is mindset, nutrition, and movement. And uh, really trying to help people live their best lives, alleviate inflammation, live with vitality, and uh, making sure that we're getting into the root of someone's issues, not just treating the symptoms. Interesting. So what, well, I have a lot to talk about. So I'm, I'm pretty into this space, uh, especially since I've hit 40, I definitely feel old. And, All goes down, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, I recently uh, hurt my knee carrying a laundry basket up the steps. So uh, I'm definitely, we definitely want to get, dig into that a little bit. But that's uh, not because you're 40. Right. That's, <laughs> that's true. just because there's some movement issues. <laughs> yes. And, and I have done, I've gone to, to, to be examined and, and whatever, and I am horrendously inflexible. So I'm sure that certainly isn't a good That might play a part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, so tell, tell us a little bit about your backstory and, you know, a little bit about your personal life and how you ended up going to PT school and why. Sure. So I, I guess I'll take it back to when I was in college, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be a physical in high school. Even I wanted to be a physical therapist. I had a little bit too much fun at university of Delaware <laughs> was on academic probation. So I had to switch gears to the nutrition major, uh, which actually ended up being an, an awesome transition for me. I ended up competing in my fitness America at Miss figure USA. So I got into personal training, got into nutrition, realized that that was a very unhealthy approach to fitness and wellness. Yes. So when I finished, uh, when I finished my, let's see, my 
undergrad, my brother sadly passed away from cancer. So my mom and I were taking care of him. Uh, he, when he passed away, he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's and then ultimately lung cancer. I always say he gave me the greatest gift, which was passion and purpose. So I yeah. knew that I wanted to change lives. I knew that I wanted to help people uh, really give, give them the gift of movement back. Yes. Um, and give them their life back. So right after that happened, I was a, I became the sole owner of a personal training studio called Core Fitness, which is in Wilmington. Yeah. And I had that for, I, and ultimately 13 years, but probably the first four, four years that I was practicing, I really was looking at the human body and realizing that there were so many more things than just fitness mm -hmm. that people were coming into a fitness setting with pain and injury that they were dealing with all of these, you know, emotional issues or stress in their lives. And so that really triggered me to pursue my doctorate in physical therapy. I wanted to learn more about the rehabilitative side and then kind of fast forward at that time, I, my, my vision was to always open up a multidisciplinary center and yeah. I kept, you know, it was always in the back of my head, but you know, you have the best laid plans and things kind of take some detours. Yeah, so sure. I ultimately worked at a physical therapy clinic, which was an amazing experience. I worked there for eight years while running my business. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, became clinic director. So I was, you know, kind of doing a lot at that time. And then ultimately was diagnosed with cancer myself. Wow. And that's kind of really what triggered me to really make sure that I was uh, taking care of myself and that I was also going to fulfill my, my purpose and my passion. Yeah. So obviously a ton to unpack there. So your brother, uh, gets cancer mm -hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong. He, he, some, he had the cancer moved to his brain and it really impacted his ability to, to move. Yes. Okay. So that you saw that as an opportunity to say, Hey, I want to be able to help people that are dealing with issues like that. Yep, because I what I learned at that time, probably more than ever, is that, and I've said this my entire life since then, is movement is a gift. And I watched my brother's gift being taken away from him. And he wanted he fought so hard and he all he wanted me to do was help him move his arm and leg, even though right. he couldn't. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, none of us should ever take that for granted. That for sure. we all should wake up every day and cherish our health, cherish the the gift to move and just, you know, really make sure that we do everything we can to maximize that. Yeah, absolutely. So then while your brother is getting treatment for cancer. Your mother gets diagnosed with breast cancer. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So this is, you know, a, a lot more than most people can handle. How did you handle all of this sort of snowballing at, on you at once? I think at that time I was just so focused on, I was so focused on my brother initially. Mm -hmm. And then when my mom was diagnosed, I, I honestly just even reflecting back and thinking, I think she's going to be okay. So I just focused on, on my brother. <laughs> but I remember at times thinking, wow, what is happening? I remember taking her to surgery and my brother was in a wheelchair and my mom was getting surgery. And I was just thinking, oh my gosh, what is, what is happening to my, the two people that I love the most in the sure. world. Yeah. Um, and fortunately my mom is okay now. So we definitely, I think pulled together and we really, you know, I said from 
I think from her, I really learned the true definition of grace and just that she was able to pull through despite all of the horrific circumstances. Absolutely. And, you know, some of the things you talk about your brother going through, he was in his 20s when this was happening. So you you don't expect your previously healthy brother to be confined to a wheelchair in his 20s and then ultimately passing away at 29. 29, yeah. It, that's that is crazy. Um, so it was awful. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Well, then two months before you get married, mm-hmm. you go to the doctor and you find out that you have cancer. Yes. So as if you the, the cards haven't been crappy enough, you get another another deal that's not great. So you you hear those words that now you have cancer. Mm-hmm. What, ha- what what goes on in your mind? So initially, I my relationship was cancer that was lost and that, you know, I, that was the only thing that I knew. So I was, as you mentioned, I was about to get married and I had, thank God I had planned my whole wedding <laughs> and every <laughs> detail planned to the, <laughs> to the team. Very common. <laughs> <laughs> right. So fortunately, and I wasn't stressed about it, so that was good too. Yeah. So I just, when I found out, I was thinking, how could this be? I've taken care of my health my whole life. I've, you know, I meditate, I eat well, I exercise, all the things. And I, and it was just, it was unbelievable. So I think that first two to three, two to three weeks of after my diagnosis were pretty, pretty terrible. Yeah. You know, it was all of these appointments where, okay, you're going to do chemotherapy, you're going to do radiation, you're going to lose your hair, probably won't be able to have children. It was just one thing after another, after another. And, you know, of course, everyone can appreciate that's listening is that when you have, when you lose control, or you're not expecting something is when stress is really is that stress and the unknown, absolutely unpredictable, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So that was all in that initial phase, and then once we had a plan to address it, I was, you know, I felt like, okay, here we go. And you can, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can do that, this. That definitely makes sense. So yes. um, we're going to get into American Ninja Warrior in a little bit, but let's go. Let's go back to the business. So, okay, you start your first business when you're 22 years old in one of the most difficult businesses there is to be successful in, and that's owning a personal training studio. Yes. So you decide, did, did you buy the business or did you just start it? So I, so what had happened was without going into a lot of detail, but I first became partner. So okay. I was just, I was actually in the school. I was in college. I became a 20% partner <laughs> and I just decided, Oh, this sounds like a good idea. This is kind of what I wanted to do with my life. So right. I did it. And then when everything happened, we just had some philosophical differences and I was going through clearly a lot in my own life. Right. Yeah. And it just came to this decision. Well, do you want the business or do I want the business? And I, at the time I loved it so much. I mean, I poured my blood, sweat and tears into it. So sure. I said, I'll take it. And so right. My brother passed away on actually happened before my brother passed away on a Tuesday Friday before is when I took it over. Oh my God. So it was, it was crazy, but I felt like it was in some ways it was such, well, in so many ways it was such a gift because I just directed all my focus and my attention and probably not all in the healthiest way, but I was grieving 
through my business. So yeah. when I eventually sold my business, it was so emotional for me. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Because it helps me in so many aspects of my life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, that's pretty phenomenal to be able to have that mentality when it comes to that. You know, so one of the things that, that's interesting, and if you if, if you can't see this, if you're not watching on video, behind Ariane, she has her uh, her sign, and underneath it says "Mindset Nutrition Movement." So, what I want to talk real quick about how all of that you mentioned it a little bit earlier, how all that is so interconnected. Where you might have poor movement because of poor mindset or poor nutrition. So, how does that? How how do you really help people? focus on all of those things to get all of them in alignment to, to, to sort of achieve optimal health. Yeah. So I'm sorry, there's an ambulance she's coming back. <laughs> so first I'll explain it generally speaking, but then I'll maybe give a quick example as well. So the reason that this, all these things were so important to me was that over my, at this point, 20 years of working with humans, I realized that you cannot separate anything. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we are, whole people and you can't separate systems in the body and you can't separate muscles because everything works in patterns. So as I watch so many people with chronic pain or, um, or chronic movement issues, it was never just a movement issue. It was never just a nutrition issue. For example, if, they, if someone has chronic pain, then I have to look at, do they, are they chronically inflamed? Right. Is that the driver of their chronic pain? Yeah. Or is chronic stress their driver? Right. So when I was working with people, that's really how I started to think about these three pillars. And then when I went through treatment myself, which I know we'll get into, those are the things that I focused on is, okay, these are the things that I focus, I've taught people or shared with people my whole career. These are the things I'm going to focus on that are going to help me heal and overcome challenges. So with this, that's like with, you know, with my approach here, that's really why I opened this. And I wholeheartedly believe that. And so every person that comes in, I'm looking at, we do a really, really detailed intake, um, but look at everything from antibiotic use to sleep patterns and hygiene to what kinds of foods they're eating to how they're moving to injuries, surgeries, and everything in between. Yeah. So <laughs> it's then, almost like you, you're at your, what's really going on? Like my knee hurts, but what's really what, going on? Yes. Because the knee pain is never just knee pain. The, the, that's where you're having pain, but that's not the source of your pain. Got it. That, that right. makes a lot of and sense. And that yeah. be, that's a specific movement issue, but that is really just about everything. Yeah, so, sure. So it's always trying to figure out what is the elephant in the room? Because some people might come in with all of these gut-related issues, and but they don't even know they have gut-related issues. They just have eczema and they have fatigue and they have right. sleep issues. So then I'm trying to figure out what are their food triggers that are potentially contributing to these mental, emotional, or physical issues. Yeah, very interesting. So let's, since we, we brought it up, let's talk about nutrition. Mm -hmm. I, I feel personally that nutrition is quite possibly one of the most widely misunderstood topics by the general public. Yes. Right. Of what they should and shouldn't be eating. Yes. <laughs> what, what do you see people come when they come in to see you? What, what are some of the common nutrition mistakes that they make? Uh, you know. uh, so many things. Um, I think one thing is that most people will see that their friend or their colleague or their family member has done something. And so then they try it and then sure. they'll say, oh, well, that didn't work for me. Or, you know, they have these misconceptions about what works, what doesn't, what should be, what shouldn't be. Right. 
And so that's one thing. Um, and then the second thing is, is that most people will say to me, well, I know how to eat. Right. <laughs> Very commonly, they'll say that. And so then when, then I always think, okay, well, let's take a look. And then when I look, it's, it's really not, that's not what I would recommend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, they, they turn out to be wrong. Yeah. It, right? <laughs> wrong, but it's not something I would necessarily recommend. It might be really, really hard carbohydrate driven, or it'll be bars and shakes and yeah. no, no whole food. And so I think there's just so you're exactly how you said it perfectly. There's just so many misconceptions about nutrition. Yeah, for sure. You know, you just see the things on TV or even on Instagram where, you know, drink this potion or this shake or whatever, and you'll lose, 10 pounds. <laughs> you'll lose 10 pounds. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it was that easy, everyone would do it and we wouldn't, be having, would be, exactly we wouldn't be having right. an issue. Well, actually, you know, speaking of which, so let's talk a little bit about in your space, the impact that COVID's had on, on your space and how you have, have you seen those three things COVID's really wreaking havoc on mindset, nutrition, and, and movement yeah. because for, for a number of different reasons. So how have you seen COVID impact your, your world? Yeah, that's a great question. So from uh, I'll speak to it from a business standpoint and then from the health aspect of it. Yeah. So from a business standpoint, what was really interesting is when it first hit in March last year, I had to immediately shift everything to telehealth. So I was able to stay open as a health professional, but I did have to switch to telehealth. So yeah. the first month was I maintained everybody that I had. I didn't really get any new people, but I maintained my business for really about two months, which was perfect. Yeah. But then um, what I saw was what really come June, our, everything started to pick up. I actually hired someone and just continued since then to see people that have really struggled during COVID. And it breaks my heart because it's, it's like you said, it's some nutrition things. They've gained a lot of weight. They've turned to alcohol. They've, yeah. they've been either moving less or moving more and getting injured because they weren't prepared to do that. Absolutely. Uh, so really I've seen so much, but I would just say the overall arching theme is just so much more stress. And it, and it could be for some people, it's more of the social aspect for other people. It's financial, but it's mostly the social aspect of it that has really been really challenging on everyone. Yeah. I keep saying that the, the quarantine is an extrovert's nightmare, you know, to sort of be not used to going out to parties or even just going out to lunch with people, grabbing a drink with someone, you know, it is yeah. really has been a difficult and zoom is okay, but it's not the same. <laughs> doesn't you know? do the job. <laughs> it doesn't do the job. Yeah. No. no. Um, so, and how, from a, on your patients, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the business, but have you seen, one more the other more people throwing up thrusting themselves into a workout routine or more the other way where they're like yeah, i'm sort of treating this as a snow day is what I, a lot of people treat quarantine as a snow day yeah definitely a little bit of both but i think more people have it's really shed a light on some things that were already brewing in their lives mm -hmm. so whether they for example were always stressed yeah. before this happened and then this took them to another whole level yeah right. that is definitely a part of it or now that they've been able to actually be present a little yeah. more they've noticed that wow you know i really don't feel good i right. really don't you know i feel really sluggish i feel bloated all the time 
um, or they, the, the, with the movement aspect, they might realize that they are just not in a program that really suits them and they've taken some time to reflect. So I yeah. think the reflection has been the thing that I've seen the most. And that reflection has led to fortunately some, well, moving in the direction of positive changes. But I yeah. think, you know, it's been hard on people to notice things that, that, had, that had already been going on. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to ask you about as you're talking, the impact that sleep has on people. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I've sort of been one of those guys that I wake up early because I go to the gym in the morning and there's been some odd, like proud, Hey, I wake up at four 30, you know, I tell people that sort of thing, but then the more research and the more reading I do on my own about how a healthy adult sleep really is lack of sleep is really devastating on someone's um, body. Can you talk a little bit about sleep and how that impacts people? Absolutely. And I always start with sleep is more important than exercise and nutrition combined. Interesting. <laughs> so that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Because if, you, and, and I always personally prioritize sleep, but that's one of the, the first things I talk about with all my patients clients we have in our intake. So I'm always looking at how much sleep they get. So ideally it really is seven to nine hours, but that means that if you're in bed for seven, you're not getting seven. Sure. <laughs> you're probably getting six to six and a half, which isn't really enough. Yeah. And then, then everything from, do you snore? Do you feel well rested when you wake up? Do you have trouble falling asleep, staying asleep? So a a lot of those things will indicate whether someone potentially has hormonal issues. So if they're having a trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, their cortisol might be high. So they're mm -hmm. most likely in a stress state. And then what is their sleep hygiene? So are is someone, you know, potentially just using their iPhone all the way until bed? no blue light blockers. So that is going to upregulate your nervous system and cause very poor quality of sleep. Yeah. You're deep in REM sleep. Do you recommend people wear, you know, like a, a sleep tracker, like a whoop or a Apple watch or something? So I, I love, I use my whoop for years. I finally stopped using it. I think that everyone should track until they don't need to track. Got it. You know, yeah. so to really get an idea of what's your, going on. Yeah. Yeah. Learn, learn about just like you're tracking your food. So you could yeah. be thinking you're doing well, but then you calculate it. You're like, oh, wow, I'm eating 2,600 calories <laughs> instead of 1,500. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's, I think those are very, very valuable. And you can get an idea, especially with Whoop more so than the others, you can get a, a better idea of how your actual recovery is as well. Yeah. So looking at heart rate variability, which is your best performance of recovery and yep. emotional resilience as well. Yeah, so you actually bring up a really good point. Well, let's talk real quick about the impact that technology, specifically phones, have on us ergonomically and overall. Where do you see the biggest negative impact that phones have on people? So I'd say one it, for females more so than males is body image. Hmm. And, and also uh, for kids is really affecting their brain development. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then this is for everyone is that it is really creating so much of a distraction that no one knows how to be present. Yeah. 
from a mindfulness aspect. No one knows how to be present in the conversation or present with you know their family members, their coworkers, their their work. It's a constant distraction. And you like I said, you it's very obvious with kids, but in my world, I'm working primarily with adults. So I see it all the time. And that's sometimes one of the goals. We'll say, hey, let's try to decrease some phone screen time. time. Yeah. <laughs> screen time. Yeah. Just kind of get away with the get off of you know, if it's, if you're, if the social media is helpful for you, if you go on and it's enjoyable, it's friends, family, then enjoy it. That's what it should be for. But if it's, if you go on and there's all this negativity, yeah. politics, <laughs> and it's just causing you to be in this fight or flight state or free state, then it's not helping you yeah. live your best life. You know, it's, I, I think technology has been great in so many aspects and you can even totally. add, you can add work from home to this with this whole yeah. thing. But the one thing that I've really noticed personally, and I certainly struggle with being present, that's for sure, is that I feel the boundaries between when you're at work and when you're at home are really blurry now. Yeah, You're always on call with your phone. And yeah, there'll be times when my son will be talking to me or my daughter and I'll be sitting there typing away and I'll be like, hold on a second. And then I get annoyed when they're just trying to tell me something about their day and then I feel terrible about it. So it is a real issue. Yeah, but you're human too. Yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> so, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for and, letting and, me up the hook. <laughs> absolutely. And and when you're and I think the the other aspect of it is is once again the, the constant blue light. So you're constantly stimulating your nervous system. So it's so much more people are on this so much more than they ever were before, regardless yeah. of what their work situation was like. Yeah. So it's really trying to figure out how to balance that out and you know, just you use other I call movement snacks or mental emotional snacks of just kind of getting away from the screen time and doing something that's really beneficial for you. Yeah, that, that's great. That makes a ton of sense. Well, you brought up social media and you are a TikToker. I'm a TikToker. <laughs> that's actually funny saying that out loud. <laughs> yeah. And not in TikTok uh, way. That I feel you, like you a teeny bopper. Right, exactly. I have a 13 year old daughter and she's constantly doing dances. So, uh, but you're not using TikTok in that way. You're using it for educational Education. videos for the business. Yes. So talk about how, you know, that has helped and how you've utilized that for the company. Yeah, it's actually been a really interesting um, evolution. So I, you know, my primary means of social media platforms were Facebook originally, then Instagram, LinkedIn, of course, and then I, I started dabbling in TikTok a little bit and, and I actually worked with a social media a guy and he said, I wouldn't waste your time on, on TikTok. And then I would talk to my stepson who's 15. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> he, he said, I don't know, you know, TikTok's really, you know, it's really blowing up. And then I would talk to a couple other people and they would say that. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to stick with it a little bit. I'm not going to go put a lot into it at first, but I'm just going to stick with it. And sure enough, it's been awesome. It's That's been, great. I'm just starting to get get a little bit of a flow with it. I had yes. one one go viral. <laughs> I, I find a, I find it very entertaining, to be honest with you. It is. It's so yeah. well. I mean, take. I think that's part of it. It's a fun way to educate people. Yeah. And it's really short. I mean, there's only a minute. There's no captions. You have to really get creative. Yeah. But what's What's nice is I can use those videos for the other platforms. So it's actually a very easy way to make videos and just put them on the other platforms. That's great. I love yeah. it. That's, so awesome. that's kind of how I've been using it. There's a whole odd world of TikTok called TikTok Finance, where they give 
I've seen some of it. Some of it's not great advice. So uh, I, I'll, <laughs> so say, I'll say that. So be, so be, be forewarned there. Um, Got it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your life mantra, right? I would say, and maybe I'm overstating it, but I feel like your yeah. life mantra is challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. And actually my book, which is coming out in a month is Rise Up. Oh, perfect. Yep. <laughs> so tell us, well, let's talk about both of them then. Let's talk about what what's challenge accepted and how did you come up with that? So challenge accepted really came about during my cancer treatment and my uh, boss at the time at the company I was working with, he gave me challenge accepted bracelets and then a lot of my coworkers. And then again at my wedding, which was of course roughly a month later, my husband gave them to all everyone at the wedding. So oh, everyone awesome. was wearing them. So it was, it was pretty amazing. And right at that time anyway, I was really trying to kind of, you know, I was getting I was able to, I felt like I was able to push forward. I said, yeah. okay, I got this. And so that just really did become my mantra, as you said, during my whole cancer treatment. So do you want me to lead into the next part? Please do. Yeah, <laughs> please do. So I, I'd finished, it's just timing wise, just to you know give you an idea. So I finished uh, three rounds of chemotherapy. And then they were, I was able to get married and they said, you know, you can like, we can take a week off and you could get married and do your, and, and do your, and go on your honeymoon. Yeah. So got married, which was amazing. And it wasn't anything about cancer. It was just about us, which was yeah, incredible. Was great. Yeah. Then we went on, went on our honeymoon in Costa Rica, which they, I was allowed to fly and everything, <laughs> which was, you know, everything was kind of, I was pushing it just a little yeah, bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> So there I was, my bald head. We went, we surfed, we went whitewater rafting. We did everything we normally would have done. And then I got back and immediately had to, had to switch to radiation because the tumor got bigger. So started radiation and I felt awesome. So I felt really good at that point. And I had, there was a gym that had opened up, which was a ninja gym yeah. that I wanted to check out. And my husband had told me about American Ninja Warrior a couple, I guess a couple years prior. And I didn't even know about the show. And he said, you know what? You should be on this show. <laughs> so that was always just brewing in my head <laughs> yeah. for two years. And so I, when that gym opened up, it wasn't because I had cancer. It was just that it happened to open. And so I thought I'm going to go in, check it out. And if I like the people, if I like the place, then I'll start training for it. Yeah. So I walked in, introduced myself to Mark, the owner. And I said, you know, hi, I'm interested. I'm Ariane. I'm interested in training for American Ninja Warrior. He said, okay, you know, awesome. So we started talking a little bit and I said, well, I've got some things going on. I said, you know, I didn't, of course, didn't have any hair. I said, so yeah. in radiation, I still have to get surgery and more chemo, but we could just work around those things. <laughs> we'll work around those minor inconveniences. <laughs> Yeah. So he said, awesome, let's start Tuesday. So I, it was, it was amazing. So I worked in the morning. I still continue to work. I took the train to Philly, went to radiation, came back and then trained at the, at the Ninja gym. So I went probably about four or five days a week and just started training hard. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And then, so then you get onto the show. So then I got on the show. Yeah. So I kind of, I, I had surgery after that. So I take a little bit of a break, but I, I didn't totally take a break. I just took a break from my legs and my husband built me a ninja gym in my basement. So I, I was still able to do all of that stuff, which yeah. was awesome, which was of course so much hanging. Sure. And then I did more chemo. And then my last day of chemotherapy, I submitted my application. <laughs> I was sitting in the hospital bed and I just hit submit. And I looked over and I said, 
hey, I, you know, to my husband, I said, I just, I just submitted my application. He's like, you're nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I would agree. Yeah, it was, but then four months after I got the call and competed on season eight. So four months, you're done chemo. Four months later, you're on season eight of American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. That is incredible. I have an odd question about American Ninja Warrior that I've always wanted to know. Is the water cold? I don't even know, Brian. I don't even know. I touched it. <laughs> but I don't remember it. That's what I always say. I don't even remember being in the water at all. I stood so gracefully into it that I don't I don't even remember being wet. Which that's, is so that's great. I love it. <laughs> I wish I could answer that for you, but I really don't know. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about your community community involvement. You know, you have a, uh, I guess, an organization or an event that you run called Dance Strong. Tell us a little Dance bit about that. Yeah, so I started that in honor of my brother. He was a really huge fan of Lance Armstrong. And uh, I know everyone has mixed feelings about sure. him. But the guy the raised time, millions of dollars for cancer. He did. And at that time, he really gave my brother hope. And he felt like Lance was really going to help find the cure. So because of that, I had started ballroom dancing. And that was a really big way that I began to use movement to help me heal. So I initiated this event called Dance Strong. And we've had... We're going on our 10th year. Of course, we're going to miss a year this year. Sure. And uh, yeah, raises money for Live Strong and just by sharing through the joy of dancing. So there's dance performances and just a really fun event. I do it at the Blue Ballroom in Wilmington. Oh, that's great. That's mm -hmm. a great event then. Yeah. Um, good. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, let, you mentioned your book. We only, yeah. Let's talk about So you have a book coming out. I do. I'm so excited. I bet. <laughs> first of all how hard is it to write a book it is a lot of work yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work it's just a lot you think when you think that you're almost there you're not almost there yes <laughs> so it's just been editing after editing after editing and you think and like I said it seems like there can't really be any more mistakes and then there are <laughs> <laughs> which is mind-blowing <laughs> so how does the theme rise up how does that come into play so it's essentially my journey of healing through mindset, nutrition, and movement. So yeah. um, I talk about some challenges that I faced even earlier on than that and all the way through cancer and beyond. And really, my goal is just to help inspire people to to really rise above their own challenges too, um, to be able to use these things and just maybe a different way of thinking about life and cherishing movement and health yeah. as opposed to just, like I said, just always taking things for granted. One of my big missions is to help people take ownership of their health. Yeah. It, it's actually pretty amazing. The one theme just talking to you for 30 minutes or whatever it's been is you, your gratitude in the face of major issues that are that create tons of adversity so it seems like you were always able to stay grounded and actually appreciate even the worst situation is that a fair way to put it absolutely yeah yeah and and I, because i've also seen so many people throw their lives away yeah. and you know really not appreciate their health and i think just in my lifetime including myself i've just watched so many people struggle with health related issues and when you watch someone close to you pass away that sure. you know that is fighting for their lives yet other people are throwing it away um it just i don't know it just really gives me at least a different perspective on on life Absolutely. and i just hope to share that and and empower people with that as well yeah. well would you say that your brother is the most influential person in your life absolutely 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you mentioned it before. What was it? Purpose and uh, passion and purpose, passion and purpose. And being yeah. able to find that, you know, yeah. early on is, is a huge thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I always like to ask this question. So if you could go back in time, knowing that what you know now, if you could go back in time and give yourself some advice when you were say 20, 25, 18, what would you tell yourself if you could do that? What would I tell myself? So let me think about that for a moment. Um, I think that I would just say to always follow your, always follow your path, always follow your passion, no matter what may derail you along the way, what or who may derail you along the way. Yeah. I feel like I've had a lot of those moments, whether it's, you know, like a, a health related issue or even people telling me you're not going to you're not going to be able to do this. Yeah. And I just think that if you really love what you do and sometimes people need to figure that out is yeah, really figure sure. out what is, is that. But if you really love what you do, there's no stopping you when you feel like you truly have purpose. I feel like you can do it. Sky, Sky yeah. is the limit. Yeah, Sky is the limit. Yep. That's awesome. Well, Ariane, this was awesome. I really appreciate your time today. It was great. Thank you Um, so much for having me. Absolutely. If you'd like to learn more about Ariane and the Movement Paradigm, go to themovementparadigm.com. You can also find her TEDx talk by Googling Ariane Mismer, Challenge Accepted. And then when's the book come out? The book should be out in in the end of April. Okay, perfect. So be on the lookout for for the book, uh, Rise Up, coming out in the end of April. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about how my firm helps business owners with their financial planning, uh, visit riversedgeadvisors.com. And to hear past episodes of the podcast, go to happy-half-hour.com. Arianne, oh, I forgot to to, uh, rate my beer. So it's actually really (laughs) good. Do I rate my water too? (laughs) As far as uh, an athletic brewing company, well done by you to make a uh, really tasty uh, non-alcoholic beer. That's good. So uh, we'll, we'll put show notes uh, and we'll put a link to their website in the show notes. So Arian, thank you so much. Um, and cheers to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, sponsored by River's Edge Advisors. For more information on how River's Edge Advisors can help you, visit their website at riversedgeadvisors.com. If you'd like to connect with Brian Carney for business advice or just to share a beer, Follow him on Instagram at Rivers Edge Advisors underscore LLC.